Why is Patrick Sertan so crucial for the Denver Broncos this week as they look to shut down Keenan Allen and the Los Angeles Chargers? We'll dive deeper to that, give you our keys to victory on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Sunday's game for the Denver Broncos is massive as they take on the Los Angeles Chargers. We'll break it all down here on today's episode. Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter. For Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com here. And Sarah, really kind of setting the table as we do every single Friday on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. We give our players to watch for Sunday's game, bringing into our keys to victory as well. So Broncos country, as you're going along today's show, if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to us wherever you get your podcast, think along as to who your players to watch are on offense, defense, and your keys to victory and share them with us as well, especially for watching on YouTube, my friend. But, uh, you know, first off, I think, hey, look, all eyes are on the Broncos offense this week as they look to bounce back and become a little bit more consistent with some of the things they haven't been consistent on so far this season. And as you're preparing for a potential playoff run, you have to start clicking at some point. And Denver, they're running out of time to do that. So who do you have your eye on here, sir, this week for Sunday's game against the Chargers? I think especially after what Sean Payton said at his Monday media availability, Cody, where he's kind of taken, I don't want to say shots or digs or things like that, but he's really holding Russell Wilson and his performance up as a, hey, this is this is what's got to be really better going forward. I have Russell Wilson as my offensive player to watch. Now, we don't often pick Russ because obviously – you know, we're always watching Russell Wilson. We're always watching the quarterback yeah. position. So we like to try to kind of pick different guys there. But I'm I'm going to say Russell Wilson this week for a number of reasons. The Broncos rank 26 in the NFL in passing. They rank 30th in passing attempts. They rank 25th in the NFL in percentage of first downs per pass attempt. So what does that mean? That means that the Broncos aren't throwing the ball very often. And when they do throw it, they're not having hardly any success, which is not good, right? There's teams like the Baltimore Ravens that they may rank 32nd in the league in pass attempts, but their passing attack is efficient. And the reason for that is because their whole offensive output is efficient. With Russell Wilson, the Broncos, especially, I think, really, it's kind of a, it's kind of like a caricature, the game against Houston, of what the offense has been this season. The 0 for 11 on third down, the struggles late in the game to get things set, the communication, all these different types of things point back to, in my opinion, Cody, Russell Wilson really needing to have a big game. And I think the fact that the head coach kind of called him out on Monday during that press conference after right after watching the film, the fact that Sean Payton called him out like that the way that he did indicates to me that this is a big pivotal week for Russell Wilson. So I'm looking forward to him bouncing back playing better and seeing how he responds to it. Kind of what I would consider to be a pretty terrible game against Houston. Yeah. And, and look, it's, we love seeing him take shots. Like the pass he had to Cortland Sutton was great, right? The the one that was for a 45 yard touchdown, like Russ has moments where he puts it in an absolute bucket 
And you're like, how come just Denver can't do that consistently? And I think a lot of that we'll get into when we get into our keys to victory a little bit later. It'll, it'll tie in. And so much of that, too, especially if Russ is your guy to watch, like how do the Broncos counteract a little bit of what Khalil Mack brings to the table? Is the NFL, uh, it, well, he's got 15 sacks. I think he leads the NFL in sacks, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. But he's playing at an unbelievable level right now. And we've seen some inconsistencies. Even Sean Payton alluded to earlier this week is that our protection wasn't consistent enough. And he even mentioned specifically the right side of the offensive line. Who's there? Mike McGlinchey, who had a back injury this week, but obviously was a full participant in Thursday and Friday's practice. So for me, I just, it, it's just about f- how can you piece it all together, right? And I think the the statistics that you mentioned about the passing game, the efficiency, it is a little concerning here for Denver. And I think a lot of that has to do with some of the protection issues there. But also, I just think Denver's design, I, part of me, and we talked about this earlier this week, is the scheme just so overcomplicated with terms of how they're trying to free guys up in route concepts that they're not hitting the simple route concepts, which leads to my player to watch on the Broncos offensive sideball. I'm going to go with Jerry Judy here this week because, look, obviously, I think what's come under the microscope, going back to what Sean Payton said, there were two or three plays like, wow, like Jerry was wide open. And, you know, Jerry was asked during Thursday's locker room availability about, you know, his frustration on that fourth and one play being wide open and says, you know, it's just a heat of the moment thing, which I agree. I think so many people are going to get fixated. Like if Jerry's like wide open and Russ doesn't see him and he's just like, oh, you know, kind of, you know, showing some emphatic body language. People read into that and they're like, oh, Jerry Judy's mad at Russ. Like, no, it's just it's football. It's competitive. Like you're open. You have a chance to make a big play. And you don't get looked at or you're not seen. Of course, there's some frustration there. It's a missed opportunity. And look, Russ picked up the first down with his legs. That I mean, that's obviously what you want. You want to be able to keep drives alive. But if you can get a touchdown, like you just have to be able to see it. But I understand the stakes are higher on fourth down. If you airmail it and it goes incomplete, game over at that point. So I understand it. And everything happens so fast in the NFL, Sarah. I feel like we in society today have been so fixated on, well, let's pause this. Let's slow motion this to try to justify a stance on something. But the reality is in real time when it's happening, it's the fastest thing on earth right now is it's football, 110 miles an hour. So we can micro dissect that. I think fans get so caught up in that. I think we got to get away from that. That's just one thing I want to pinpoint. But I, I think that we're going to see Jerry Judy this week. I think if based on how things have gone, based on what, you know, coming out of that game and the opportunities where Sean Payton said, look, we try to manufacture looks for guys. I think we could see a game plan that's really focused on force feeding Jerry Judy the football here this week, which I'm not opposed to look because at times you're going to line up inside the nickel and guess who's going to be covering you? Former Denver Bronco, Isang Bassey. Obviously, Isang had a great preseason, great training camp for the Broncos this year. Had some struggles here in the regular season for Denver, which led to him getting benched in favor of Jaquan McMillan. But I think you got to find a way to get Jerry Judy going here against the Chargers. And we didn't see that last year, unfortunately. I mean, really, that meme of Melvin Gordon, Jerry Judy kind of formulated in the L.A. game on Monday Night Football. Can Jerry Judy go off in L.A.? To me, that's one thing I want to see. I think he can, too. I really do. I think this is a big week for Jerry. Of course, we know that he's ready to make plays. We know that he's out there and when he's gotten opportunities, when the ball is going his way, man, he's he's kind of acting like, hey, this could be the only time I get the ball. We see that with sort of his mentality in terms of trying to create after the catch. We saw that when he drove the ball down to the one yard line, really some uh, I guess, unique toughness after the catch that we don't typically see from Judy. He's not really a pile driver, more more so as he is really somebody who can make you miss in space. 
but he was driving the pile a little bit there. So I think there's a, a chip on Jerry Judy's shoulder and, and that hasn't led to any sort of distracting. I mean, we've heard comments made from like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and things like that. You know, these guys who are earlier in the season, Jamar Chase isn't getting the ball. He's saying, I'm always effing open. You know what I'm saying? And imagine Broncos fans, Cody, if Jerry would come out and say something like oh. that. I mean, it's just a weird relationship that the fan base has with Jerry Judy. But man, I, I think he is one of this team's best playmakers. And I think he's one of those keys to getting a competent, consistent passing game going. Now, the question is going to be, can Russell Wilson get him the ball consistently? Can he find him open? I think against the Chargers, you have to find a way. That's the biggest key here this week is trying to get one of your best playmakers who hasn't been as involved, involved this season. Two of our keys, two of our key players on the offensive side of the ball that we want on Broncos country. Make sure you share who your offensive players you have your eyes on in social media at Cody Work NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Lockdown Broncos. Or if you're watching on YouTube, put it in the comments down below. Share with other members of Broncos country. Let us know who you have your eye on in Sunday's 2.25 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff in Los Angeles, who I've you covered every step of the way here. But Broncos country also dive deep into defensive players that Sarah and myself, we have our eyes on in Sunday's matchup. You get all that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Today's Lockdown Broncos podcast is brought to you by our friends over there at Price Picks. And as you know, Price Picks is daily fantasy sports done right. Price Picks is the largest DFS platform in all of North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. Price Picks is the most fun that I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players. You pick more or less on their projected stats, and then you place your entry. With basketball season here, you can now pick a combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. It was a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you could go LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. And if you want to play alongside some of Price Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Scholes, you can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Price Picks community each and every week. So make sure you get on the action. On top of that, they have quick withdrawals, easy game plan, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. That's what makes Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL. For a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. As we take a look at defensive players to watch for the Denver Broncos in this matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers, a couple of players in that secondary could be key to shutting down what has the potential to be one of the best and most high octane passing attacks in the league, of course. We're going to talk about those specific players. We're going to talk about some defensive players to watch here as we take on Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers in week 14. But Broncos country, we can't thank you enough for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network where you know it's your team every day. Free and available anywhere that you listen to podcasts as well as you can watch the show for free on YouTube. And we appreciate every single one of you that takes the time to like, subscribe, share the show, comment, engage with Cody and I on Twitter. It means the world to us. And I think it, it really, it, it's awesome to see the community building and developing Cody as far as people being able to sound off and share their thoughts with each other there in the comment section as well as on Twitter. But 
defensive players to watch in this game. I think you and I agree the secondary is going to be under the microscope a little bit. Let's talk about your key player to watch defensively, Cody. And uh, I think this is one of the most critical matchups of the game. It's going to be Patrick Sertan, right? And I think everyone wants to know, okay, is Patrick Sertan going to follow Keenan Allen on every play? No, he's not going to follow Keenan Allen on every play because of how often the Chargers offense moves Keenan Allen around. There will be times, I think in key situations, if Allen stays in one spot, then you'll see Sertan more than likely stay on him. If he's on the outside, you'll see Sertan against him. If he motions down, you'll see them bump off coverage just because of how often Kellen Moore and his offense loves to move him around. I mean, he's got 102 catches on the year, Sarah. Like his volume is unbelievable. 1,100 yards receiving so far this season, seven touchdown catches, and he's got 18 catches of 20 plus yards or more. We talk about explosives. It's Keenan Allen. And the crazy thing about this and the Chargers offense and the fact that they're five and seven is a little mind boggling, even though that ideally I think they should be have a worse record because of this. Keenan Allen, 1,100 yards. The next receiver's got 300 yards, and that's Palmer, who's obviously activated his window off of IR at 300-something yards receiving. Like It is a tremendous drop-off from Keenan to the next guy, but they are trying to balance it out a little bit. There's Donald Parham Jr., obviously, who's a tall target, pretty athletic as well. Gerald Everett. Austin Eckler's not having the year that he's necessarily previously had from a rushing standpoint, but can still hurt you out of the backfield. But Keenan Allen is the motor right now to this Chargers offense without Mike Williams in the mix. You can't overlook Quentin Johnson, even though he's going through his struggles. But if the Broncos can find a way, and this is something that we talked about in the locker room, Alex Singleton and talked to us about this. Justin Simmons talked to him about this. It's all about 10 and 13. If those guys are in sync and they're lighting up, it's going to be a hard day. So Justin Simmons told us, we have to find a way to kind of sever that connection between those guys there. And so communication is going to be important, especially coming off of a week where the Broncos allowed several big explosive plays to Nico Collins, who almost went for 200 yards against them this past Sunday. Sertan against Keenan Allen in key situations is something I have my eye on here for Denver. PS2 is my guy to watch. I know you're going to go with someone in the secondary. I also think we should highlight here real quick. We obviously, I think edge rush is important, but you know how fast Justin Herbert gets the ball out of his hands. It makes it hard to say, okay, hey, keep an eye on Jonathan Cooper, Baron Browning. Obviously, we want to, but with how Herbert approaches things, pressure is going to be hard. That's why I think the the expectations and the microscope are going to be much bigger here on the secondary this week than it would be from the pass rush. So Sertan is my guy. Who do you have on your end here for the Broncos secondary? Well, I've got P.J. Locke because I feel like you saw last week against Houston just the way that you can move him around the formation, the different ways that he's able to make an impact, whether that's as a pass rusher, whether it's coming up and making a big hit in run support, whether it's playing in coverage. I think P.J. Locke, when he's healthy, Cody, he's such an underrated playmaker on this Denver Broncos defense, and he is out there playing fast and we saw even when he was coming off the and they believe it was an ankle injury I mean he was just out there looking explosive he's out there playing fast and he's out there playing with as they say your hair on fire right so I think PJ Locke is one of those guys to where you're going to be able to move him around the defensive formation and you're always going to have to know if you're the Chargers offense where is number six where is he coming from right now because he could be coming from you know Justin Herbert's blind side he could be covering the slot he could be covering Austin Eckler he could be coming on a blitz, a delayed blitz. I mean, I just think there's so many different ways that P.J. Locke is going to be able to impact this game. 
that you need to you need to account for him if you're the Chargers. And I love your pick of PS2 as well, and especially highlighting the fact that, hey, Keenan Allen, he gets such a high volume of targets. What's really important about that is that, man, hey, PS2, you might get some actual opportunities to make plays on the ball because they are going to throw to Keenan Allen, regardless if you're covering him or not. So can you make that game-changing play? And and it's going to be like you said with Justin Simmons, Cody, what his description of it, really severing that connection. I think that's crucial. And I think all the guys in that secondary can play a role in that. I mean, we've seen PS2 intercept Justin Herbert. We've seen Jaquan McMillan, although he wasn't properly credited for it. We've seen him pick off Justin Herbert as well. I believe that was Herbert. It was, it was the Chargers yeah. either way. I can't remember if that was before. Yeah, so we've seen these guys make plays on the ball against Justin Herbert. But really, it's going to be a matter of, hey, you need to be in position. You need to make sure you're not getting beat like you did against Houston, where hey, Brevin Jordan's running wide open. Nico Collins is running wide open. Uh, John Mechie is running wide open and, and you know didn't even capitalize on all of his opportunities. So the secondary, I think, needs kind of a bounce back week, Cody. And I think PS2 and PJ Locke, they can play a big role in making that happen. PS2 and P6. I, I like it. I mean, I think that's a good thing. I'll even take it one step further. I'm going to go hot take here. PJ Locke's going to come up with an interception this week off of Justin Herbert. Whether it's jumping a route, whether it's tip drill, PJ Locke's going to come up with a pick. You heard it here first on Lockdown Broncos. I like that pick, Sarah. I agree with you on that. I think Denver secondary is in need of a major, major bounce back week here. The Chargers offense, I mean, really guys outside of Keenan Allen, they're looking to find a way to capitalize. And look, a guy like Quentin Johnson, who's just struggled with drops this season, bad drops in crucial moments at that, is going to look for a bounce back game himself. Can the Broncos find a way to make it to where his struggles continue in Sunday's game? against the Los Angeles Chargers. But one thing we will talk about here, Broncos country, what are the keys to victory? If Denver's going to win on Sunday, what do they need to do on offense and defense? We'll dive deep into that here on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Today's Lockdown Broncos podcast is brought to you by our friends over there at DoorDash. Did the game go to timeout? Time to order in with DoorDash. Is it halftime? That's ordering time. Two-minute warning, you got it. That's your cue to order in. One thing that you can get is your favorites, your local favorites or your national favorites delivered directly to your doorstep in the DoorDash bag. On top of that, it, you get your local favorites. Like for me, I love Five Guys Burgers. Some, you know, It's a little expensive there, but you know what? It's worth it. Sometimes I don't like driving to go get it. So they deliver it directly to my doorstep. Or if you like some of the local favorites here in Colorado, like Illegal Pete's, I always get the burrito that's jam-packed with double protein chicken and steak with some rice and a little bit of queso. That way I can stay on top of hitting my protein goals each and every day. And this Sunday's game, because it's a road game, is the perfect time to order in with DoorDash. So get prepared before game day. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all of your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch your team win on Sundays. All of your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery are on the app so you can shop everything that you need to get game day ready. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and you enter code LOCKED23, subject to change, terms apply. Once again, that's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, once again, subject to change, terms apply. 
As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, we just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. The community that you have all built here in the YouTube comment sections, if you watch on YouTube, is incredible. On social media, we have a Facebook page. We have a Twitter page for you as well where you can get in the conversation with other members of Broncos country. Appreciate you so much for being a part of what we do here every single day. We don't take it for granted, Broncos country. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for tuning in, listening, watching wherever you get your podcast here. Keys to victory. This is always an important thing. I mean, we'll focus on offense and we'll jump to the defense. But Sarah, you know, kind of opening things up here for Denver offensively. If they're going to go into SoFi Stadium on Sunday in an AFC West divisional showdown in a much needed must win game where it'll impact conference record, divisional record as well. What does Denver's offense have to do, in your opinion, to beat the Los Angeles Chargers and Khalil Mack here on Sunday? I think you got to execute better on third downs, right? I think that kind of almost goes without saying, although, I mean, not everybody realizes the Broncos were 0 for 11 on third down against the Houston Texans last weekend. It was just, it was as bad as it gets. I mean, you get 11 opportunities. You'd think at least one of those times or maybe two I think even some of the worst offenses in the NFL, Cody, you're typically seeing them at least get 10% of their, you know, third downs converted, but the Broncos 0 for 11 on third downs. I mean, the fact that they were still in that game is kind of crazy, but I just don't think you can sustain with Justin Herbert on the other side. Imagine giving him all those extra possessions, right? Imagine giving him and the Chargers offense all those extra snaps. You simply can't do that if you're the Denver Broncos offense. It's not necessarily about the defense, you know, coming through at, at every single turn of this game. It's going to be the offense making sure you have sustained drives, making sure you're able to, to rock with some bread and butter, whatever that ends up being. If it could be the running game, like you saw against Cleveland, where you had 39 carries and 169 yards on the ground. That would be awesome. If not, it's got to be the passing game. And I know that as Russell Wilson took some more shots downfield in that game against Houston, Cody, there wasn't a ton of success. But, I mean, a couple balls did hit hands of receivers, and they dropped them, and they didn't have, I mean, the best game either. So I think there's something to be said for, obviously, converting on third down. We know how important that is in general. But certainly you can't escape this game going 0 for whatever it ends up being on third down, you've got to find a way to execute and have maybe better play design. If it goes back to the, the, you know, the play caller and Sean Payton, if it's, if it's Sean Payton, you know, call better plays. If it's the quarterback, make your throws. If it's the running game, make your blocks, hit the hole. They've got to find a way to execute on third down, whatever it looks like. Well, and to kind of piggyback on your offensive key to victory, I think I think Denver is. This may sound cliche, but it's something they haven't done. They have to become four dimensional on offense. Well, what do you mean by that, Cody? Well, it's not just about chucking it down to the check down or taking deep shots. It's not just about you know running it inside. Like Denver, in my opinion, has to be efficient passing it at the short, to intermediate, to the long ring. Like they have to be very consistent there. They have to be able to run the ball inside as well as outside. Like they just haven't been able to consistently put that type of offensive performance together this season. I don't think we've seen one game where they just explode on offense and we're thinking like, okay, where is this coming from? A lot of it has been checkdowns and a couple of deep shots, but Denver has to do a better job of being more balanced, getting down the field. And I think it goes with the run game. Like, I, I love the idea of, hey, stick with the run game. Like, Javante Williams coming off a week where he's, you know, the recipient for the team's 2023 Ed Block Courage Award for him, his comeback and what he's done from his ACL injury. 
I mean, his journey has been tremendous, and we never thought that we'd see a fully healthy Javante Williams this season, and he's playing relatively well here. And I think you just have to find a way to pound the rock inside with consistency, get it to the outside at times. And part of that is not becoming so one-dimensional because when you become one-dimensional, your tendencies and opposing defensive coordinators, they pick up on it a lot easier. We all know coming into this game, the Chargers have one of the worst pass defenses in terms of yards allowed through the air, even though they have tremendous players on the secondary. Denver has to find a way to take advantage of that. And it's not just, hey, I'm just going to take a deep shot and hope Cortland comes down with it. It's no, I want to carve you up around the middle of the field at about 14 to 16 yards as well, rather than 45 yards downfield. You need to be able to attack the zero to five yard threshold. You got to be able to attack the 14 to 16 yard threshold and then take your shots when necessary. We need a more concerted effort. Denver's offense has to become four dimensional here in Sunday's game. I want to shift gears now here to the defensive side of the ball. When you look at Denver, you know, in terms of their defense, what they, what they had to do against Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, and the Chargers offense, which is still very capable of producing and going off in explosive fashion. What is your key here for the Broncos defense on Sunday? You got to force Justin Herbert to make mistakes, right? I mean, that's the that's the biggest key. They The Chargers, they don't have a lot of giveaways offensively. Justin Herbert doesn't throw a ton of interceptions. But what was the storyline going into last weekend's game against Houston for the Broncos? Well, Russell Wilson, he's got the best touchdown to interception ratio in the NFL. And the Broncos have done such a good job of taking care of the ball. Then you go out and you have a three interception game. So maybe... This week, it could be, hey, the Chargers, they're one of the best teams in the NFL at not giving away the ball, not turning it over. Justin Herbert doesn't throw many interceptions. He doesn't get strip sacked very often. Maybe the Broncos can go out and kind of change that narrative a little bit and have a big game turning the ball over against this Chargers offense, which has been pretty good about not giving it away. And that's something that you're going to have to, obviously we saw, I mean, you can't necessarily bank on three to five turnovers every week from this Denver defense, but maybe they saw that against Houston and they're like, all right, we got to go out there and we got to try even harder to make those plays happen because our offense needs those extra possessions. I think you look at the defense, you've got to force an uncharacteristically bad and sloppy game out of Justin Herbert. However, you may do that. Now, that's going to be a tough thing to do, though, too. But I will say the Broncos in Thursday's practice, they do the turnover circuit. You know, when we're able to watch practice and they have all the position groups, D-line, linebackers, outside linebackers, defensive backs, they go around and there's these, uh, I'm trying to think in my head, four circuits. There's one where it's force the fumble. There's one where it's tip drill. There's one that's a pass rush. And there's one that's a scoop and score that they all work on. So try to emphasize turnovers. And that's something that Nick Benito told us a couple of weeks ago. They really do a really good job of that. Coaches do a great job of teaching it, and it puts them in a position to where it's like, hey, like we do this so much in practice where we're really emphasizing this, and this is how you do it, that we have been able to have success in the games of being able to generate that. I agree with you there. I think it, you know, mitigating the explosive plays, you talk about flustering Justin Herbert and him not turning the ball over as much. With how aggressive the Chargers are and how often they take explosive plays downfield and put the ball into what we call sometimes harm's way, that they're not turning it over is a, is a tremendous sign. Like, hey, they're they're confident in Justin Herbert's arm talent that he's going to fit a ball into a window that he doesn't. That nobody else thinks a defensive back can close in on. That's where Denver has to make them pay. But if they don't do it, it's going to lead to explosive plays. So I'm going on the theme here: mitigate the explosive plays from happening. Ideally, what do we call explosives? To me, Sarah, I call an explosive play anything that goes 15 yards or more. In my opinion, I think that's explosive. We can make an argument about. 
13 to 14, but I think that's minimal in comparison. 15 plus yards, in my opinion, are explosive plays. You can't allow teams, especially look, and it didn't happen on third down for Houston last week. It happened on first down. It happened on second down, second and long, second and short, where we saw these big time plays happening. You can't have that happen here this week. So I think the communication on the back end of the secondary has to be on par. I think really for Denver, just making sure that they're aligned pre-snap because you know how much motion that they do. The Chargers are going to try to catch Denver overthinking. They're going to try to get them to over-communicate, and sometimes that can lead to some issues. So mitigate the explosive plays. Uh, take away one of the Chargers' best offensive weapons in terms of doing that. That's what they capitalize on. That's why they have success is because they are explosive and they can march downfield at any time. You take that element away from them, you force them to try to run the football where they haven't had a lot of success this year. If Denver can do that, I think they'll come away with a victory here on Sunday. Broncos country, one thing we want to know is what are your keys to victory for the Broncos here on Sunday as they prepare for the Los Angeles Chargers on the road, SoFi Stadium. It's going to be a tough Tough matchup for Denver, a must-win situation. We want to hear from you, so make sure you let us know if you're watching or if you're listening to Lockdown Broncos wherever you get your podcast. But with that said, Broncos country, Sarah and myself, we'll see you on Sunday for the Lockdown Broncos postgame report. Hopefully, we can talk about maybe a Victory Monday podcast, but an AFC West Divisional Showdown will feature two teams that are within one game of each other, and they're fighting for one of those wild card spots. It's a big game for the Broncos on Sunday. We'll have you covered the postgame report.